What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, she goes to bed. I open up a box of apartments. I light up. I call myself a cognac. Uh. And I watch the 14 fists of McCluskey. <laughs> what a picture. Yo, homie, is that my briefcase? And start asking the right fucking questions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special Roman Rant. I'm your host, Blake Howard. Uh, as you know, thank you so much for being a part of uh, One Heat Minute Productions Patreon, our exclusives here. And uh, it's so weird, I'm actually speaking to a man who is a huge part of One Heat Minute Productions uh, and, and who is currently percolating on something so sensational, so outlandishly wonderful that like, it actually hurts me that I can't share it with you right now. And what did I do today? Well, I, I did a mean thing because normally what I do for anyone who listens to the Roman Rant podcast, you know that I usually tag stuff that come across online that is complete hackish, bad faith film takes with my little Jerry Seinfeld gif called hack shit. And I even most recently developed another one that is just bad takes, which is, uh, the, the great Salah reaching out to Indiana Jones as he's about to eat a date that is going to poison him and he's catching it before he catches it in his mouth just to say, please do not imbibe this, this will hurt you. And I did the opposite of both of those things. I sent an article, which is deeply hack shit and both a bad take to a friend of mine who I knew would fire him up. And subsequently he is now on the show. He's one of my favorite people. He's my internet husband. He is so un-fucking-fathomably talented that it hurts my brain sometimes. And it's great to talk to him today. Travis Woods, welcome to Roman Rant. <laughs> oh, handsome Blake Howard. You and your intros. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, and I, I do appreciate you buttering me up since um, you already pissed me off pretty significantly today with this horrid, horrid article by one Malcolm Knox Aussie journalist, author, and columnist, I guess. I know nothing about him. I refuse to learn anything about this guy. Oh, should you? Uh, this, this snake oil salesman um, uh, who wrote a, an opinion article 
called The Only Thing Worse Than Point Break, Keanu Reeves is acting in it. Oh, pure snake oil, balderdash, it, it jibber is, jabber. Um, and I is. apologize to everyone listening. I've already had a few drinks um, <laughs> to steady my, to steal my nerves uh, against I, this I, synapse collapsingly bad uh, take. A real original take too, suggesting that Keanu Reeves isn't a good actor. Really, like a bold, a bold and novel stance that no, though no pop culture writer has attempted to to scale before. Great job there. This, uh, this, this I'm is angry. This is what I love about how shit this take is. Um, there are Australian journalists, Australian film journalists from a whole bunch of publications who are actually good. Who could have had an assignment to write something good, and and I don't necessarily hate. I don't necessarily hate a hostile take, but I also hate a shit take and a hack shit take simply because Point Break, it has been litigated, is a is an incredible movie. Yeah. Like it is, it is, it is like a universally agreed upon point at this moment. This is an incredible movie. If you want to go back and do that horse shit thing where it has been overwhelmingly litigated that a movie is great and then you like watch The Shining or you watch Jaws or you watch like even a lower tier classic like... You know, uh, I'm I'm just trying to like qualify like a, a lower a lower tier classic movie. Like I don't know, I, I can't even think of one at the moment. But it's like, say let's just say Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, just something that is not necessary. Like you're gonna come back and go that movie's terrible, and you're like, I just want to tell you number one that it's been litigated, it's done. Number two is, why do people continue to love and adore Keanu Reeves as both an, a person, an individual, and a movie star? Is because People realize that he's doing something different. Not every actor needs to be naturalistic. Not every actor needs to have those muscles. Not every actor needs to be trying to do the same style uh, or, or like bend to every style. Some films have to bend around the actors that are in them. And so I feel like the re the collective universal reappraisal of people like Cage and Keanu, people have come to understand that like you, you are, you are, you know, in the words of Archangel de Jesus Montoya, you are not paying for a service. You are paying for a result. You are paying for something that th there is something unquantifiable that you get in a role from Keanu that you don't get from another person if you don't cast him. And so not only is this a dunderheaded take from a person who is not a film person by the looks of things, it's also like a, oh, let's just, you know, let's hack shit up some hack, hack take, you know, another. And also it's a female director, so let's pile on a fucking female director's great work and say that it's a piece of shit because there's not another fucking thousand films that we couldn't do this to. So I'm sorry to piss you off so much, but it is just so stupid that I thought it would make me feel better if I got to talk to you about why this is just so ludicrous. Well, I, I pre-apologize to the listeners. I'm drinking on mic <laughs> again. Um, much like uh, McCready and The Thing, I needed a little J&B to steady my nerves <laughs> against this, this chess match uh, that I'm in here. Um, first off, Malcolm Knox, and no offense to my Aussie brother, Blake, here. Let me just say one thing real quick to this ungrateful gentleman. You Australians were lucky, <laughs> lucky that we gave you a whiff, a waft, a tiny, tiny just breeze of our, the, the sweet and heady jasmine and ocean smell of LA in the form of Point Break that we gave you a tiny taste by letting you have the climax, the emotional peak 
of that movie take place on your fair shores, you are lucky, Malcolm Knox, that you get to be a part of that mythos. And I think one should be appreciative of that, first and foremost. That aside, even if you can't appreciate that, okay, fine, whatever. This whole thing, I'm gonna take a little drink, hang on. <laughs> you're you're so thing. you're so on brand to be drinking on mic for this episode. It's beautiful. I well, appreciate I mean, it. it's rum and a rant. What are we doing? Like, um, <laughs> I mean, did I, did, did I, what's that? The Twitter meme always understands the assignment. I understand the assignment. I, I've spent the past half hour getting myself liquored up for this thing. Like, I mean, I hope it's not just a cute name. I've heard people drink on that. I, this is what, anyway, um, okay. So for I, I, I'm gonna I got a couple of prongs with, uh, at which just, I'm going just to gonna... this argument. The first off, this this whole thing, I this whole thing about Keanu being a bad actor is such horseshit. And I'm gonna tell you why. He's not a bad actor. He's a great actor. If there is a if there is a flaw in the Reeves oeuvre, it is that he is a frequently miscast or excuse me, previously rather frequently miscast actor. And I think more probably probably most famously in something like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. You know, I, 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 it is probably not within his range set to be playing a Victorian era businessman. Um, I'll, I'll give you that, even though I, I, I get a kick out of him in that movie. But I, I think he gets a bad rap for that, for because he does have a vibe. Keanu does have a, an interesting, odd vibe, kind of a Martian from Ohio vibe. I know he's not from Ohio, but Johnny Utah is. He's got that kind of Martian from Ohio vibe. And when that is, when that is focused at the, you know, at the right role, it's, it's perfection. You look at something like uh, My Own Private Idaho, which I believe came out the same year as this film, which was 30 years ago. My God, we're all getting old. His performance on My Private Idaho is staggering. And, and, and human and complex and, and, and beautiful and sad and painful and wonderful. Uh, it's absolutely amazing because he was pointed at the right role. Now, he does he play him? Does, does Keanu play any character like most human beings that we walk down, that we bump into walking down the street? No, he does not. No. Uh, he does have that weird kind of spacey California Martian uh, from Ohio thing. Um and that's okay. That's okay. It's, it, you know, we all love Jack Nicholson, but from like 1975, Cuckoo's Nest on, he has not played a normal human being. <laughs> no one in human history has ever behaved the way a Jack Nicholson character behaves. Uh, he, he's essentially playing Jack, uh, to varying degrees, Jack Nicholson. And, and we forgive my, him for it because my favorite very- my favorite example of that is in a movie that I know that you and I deeply love, which is the two Jakes, mm. which is when the totally irrational Madeline Stowe is just going off, and he like throws her to the ground in this like weird, strange currency exchange of like passion that's happening between them, and just goes. Mm-hmm. Shut up! Like basically, shut up, shut and, up, um, face but, down, shut up, and you're like, "Is this a hold up or is this a sex act? I don't know what this is." It's oh, Jack. It's, he's it's, beautiful. It's pure Nick. It's he does it the same way that R.P. McMurphy would do such a thing <laughs> in 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 Cuckoo's Nest or the drunken astronaut would in terms of endearment. 
uh, he, he's playing Nicholson. And we forgive him for it because the man is walking charisma with two triangular eyebrows attached and a pair of sunglasses, and we love him for it. But he's essentially playing a human being. He's playing these characters, and he's imbuing them with, with Jack. They are human beings that have never existed before Jack Nicholson played. Like, that's just what he does. And similarly, I think Keanu has the very same thing. He's not playing characters the way, you, you know, you, you're not going to bump into a John Wick on the street, nor are you going to bump uh. into an Ortiz, the dog-faced boy, which I got to say, his performance in Freet, I'm, I'm <laughs> this, is, this, this might sound like hack shit too. I actually think his performance in the, the little scene Freaked as Ortiz, the dog face boy, might actually be his greatest performance. It is <laughs> that's so, not that's not hack shit. That's that's trash it, shit. It's wild. I need a, it's I need a... wild. Like his level of energy in that film is fucking wild. If you get a chance to see Freaked with he and Alex Winter, uh, you've never and Winter seen... directed that, right? Winter directed. Uh, I think I believe he co-directed it. Yes. Co-directed. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. No, I think in Australia, if anyone's listening, it's on YouTube and in the states. Where did you find it? Is it on like what's You basically got to watch it on YouTube. You got to watch it on YouTube. There's some weird rights issues. But, but my, my 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 point is, it, my point is, is that does he play every character like a human being you would bump into in the street back when we bumped into people on the street? No, he doesn't do that. But neither does fucking Jack Nicholson, and we love Jack for that. And I think we should love Keanu for that because I think he's imbuing these characters kind of like Nick Cage. They're vibrating at an atomic frequency that is different from anything that we've ever seen, but that doesn't make it any less real. It makes actually in a way the characters far more interesting. You know, you look on the on the page, uh, a character uh, like, uh, was it Jack Traman in, uh, or is it Jack Travis or Travis? I can't remember, but Jack, his character from Speed, that, that, that character is just, there's nobody there on the page. He's just a badass, a badass dude doing badass shit. And you um, only have to look at speed two to look at how much to he, see, to how, see how much what, he does, what he does. Know, apologies to Jason Patrick, who I do love in After Dark, My Sweet, but he comes off as, you know, he's a little, he comes off a little touched in speed two, a little touched. <laughs> um, and, and what, what, is he we're touched? Mi- he, he's, in the pollen, in the pollen of Zodiac, is, is he touched? He, he seems a little touched at times. <laughs> Uh, and it works in a movie like After Dark, my sweet. And he's pretty good in Rush, too. But um, it, the thing he's in Knock, right? Jason Patrick? Oh, yeah. Come oh, on. yeah. Knocks him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knocks, yeah. Uh, with a wonderful handlebar mustache in that movie. Mm, mm. Um, so, Keanu, yeah. Um, he's just playing characters. He's playing them the only way he can do them. And I, I do think that he has kind of a, uh, I wouldn't say narrow skill set, but he has a very definitive skill set. And when it is when it is applied at the right character, just like it is with any actor, that's when you get fireworks. That's when you get something you're not going to get with anyone else, whether it's My Own Private Idaho, whether it's Ortiz the Dog Face, Dog Face Boy and Freak, whether it's John Witt, whether it's uh, Jack Traven, or whether it's Johnny fucking Utah. He brings something to the table that only he can bring to that table. Additionally, additionally, the other thing about Keanu is that there are, I will give Malcolm Knox, journalist, author, and columnist, this <laughs> Point Break, the the only film called Point Break. There is no other film called Point Break. There is no remake. There's just the 1991 opus. Should not work. That movie should not work. I will give him this. All of the the, the requisite elements that come together for that film, the, the, the plot, the action, the, the characters, the writing, 
nothing in that movie should work. That, that film works for three very, very specific reasons. The first is Catherine Bigelow. Mm. The other two, and maybe the most crucial, maybe even more crucial than Catherine Bigelow, although it's hard to imagine more crucial things in a film than, than Catherine Bigelow. The two crucial elements in the constellation that is Point Break that makes it a genuine 90s pop action masterpiece are Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and Keanu fucking Reeves. Of course. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason, or there's a couple of reasons for that. One is if, if you've read the history of Point Break, there were a lot of people that were gonna play people the, like Johnny Utah. You were gonna get Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, mm. Charlie Sheen, that Matthew fucking that- Broderick at one point, which boggles Ugh. my mind. That, that, uh, I was gonna say when you said Depp and Kilmer and Sheen, I'm like, they've got a type. They've got a type here. They're going. They're going for something. But you know what they would do through that whole fucking movie? You know what they would do is, is uh, I mean, I know, you know, I, they're, 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 you know, we're they're canceled now. Uh, but uh, 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 <laughs> Depp and Sheen anyway are, and then Kilmer. You know, he's, you know, not doing a lot of acting anymore, but, you know, these were all at the, at, in their heyday, rather mm-hmm. vital, important, powerful actors. And I mean, also, so is Matthew Broderick, all just, just in a very different way. Um, they all would have played Johnny Utah with a fucking smirk. Yeah. They would have played him with a smirk because his name is Johnny, Johnny Utah. Utah. It's just insane. Um, and this entire <laughs> fucking movie is insane. Um, 50 year storm at Bell's Beach. What? Come on. But that would be a waste of time. The re oh god. And we haven't gotten that. <laughs> the reason this movie works in spite of itself is the casting of maybe the only two men in Hollywood at that time that would take this material 100 fucking percent serious. serious. Yeah. And, you and, watch, and you watch sell the, the seriousness. And sell oh, the seriousness. You watch the EPK from back in the day, and Patrick Swayze, he fucking believes the shit that Bodie's talking about. Of course you know, he does. About these lost souls and their, their metal coffins on the freeway. Like, he believes this. Like, he is, like, zonked out of his mind, cult leader style. <laughs> you, know, you know, rest in peace. I'm not saying that to insult the man. I, I, I'm complimenting him that he, he got truly... It believes maybe not in the the, the the more murderous aspects perhaps quite like uh Bodie Patrick Swayze hates violence that's why he has to have Rosie do this he could never do that man never hold a knife to Tyler's though he shared time <laughs> but he might not believe in that stuff but he believes in some of the more zonked out elements I think or believe in some of the more zonked out elements of Bodie's philosophy and then which is the only way you can sell a character like Bodie is you need an actor who might be a little wacky or zonked out enough to totally fucking buy this script. Similarly, with a character like Johnny Utah, you need an actor that's going to 100% commit, not play this with a smirk, not do some weird mid uh, uh, early 90s Val Kilmer doing this with a smirk. I'm kind of above this or, you know. In, in on the joke. He can never be in on the joke. He, he, it, it, he has to be, that's the thing. He has to stare this is a this is a real quality of a great actor. He has to stare in the eyes of like this Bodhi Bodhisattva cult leader mindset and believe him. Just be there and present in the moment to believe him. 
and you have to believe that he believes him. And that's a real talent because he's so committed to it that you're like, I'm all in. I'm like, I'm all in for this rush. And you have to believe that he would, he would be so enamored with Bodie that he'd kind of get swept into all of this nonsense. And I, I, it's so, it's so hard to do. And he does it effortlessly. You know what you need and you see it the the opening scenes of the film, you have this, this, this um, back and forth cutting between these, these, this, this faceless badass uh, surfing who, you know, obviously is Bodie. And then you have in, in the rain with his tight t-shirt and mom jeans, you've got uh, Johnny Utah on a shooting range for the FBI. And he gets like a perfect 10 with his, with his shotgun prowess. And, you know, he gets a thumbs up, uh, you know, from his commander and he turns uh, Johnny Utah, Ke- Keanu is Johnny turns, gives this beautific smile <laughs> and a thumbs up. And you know what it is? It's, big dumb golden retriever in oh, which is it. exactly what yeah. johnny utah needs he needs to just be it's like when he's chasing Bodie on the beach when they're playing football for the first time and he's got you know he's got to reveal that he's fucking ohio, johnny utah of ohio state uh it's that big dumb dog energy of i'm just gonna chase you i'm just gonna chase you but he's got a good heart and and he's you know maybe not the he's not smart and that's the thing too that's something too i don't think keanu's dumb I know that people sometimes make the joke about it because he's got this kind of, he has a very, Keanu's beauty is very, physical beauty, I think is very kind of uncomplicated. Mm. And when you add that with his kind of Zen-like attitude, there's an assumption of just total emptiness uh, and vacuousness. I don't think that that is the case, but I do think that Johnny's a little dumb. Oh, Johnny Johnny is dumb. The difference between Keanu and Johnny though is, the, the difference between Keanu and Johnny is, and just to say this to qualify about Keanu, there is an amazing moment where Stephen Colbert recently, it's in the last couple of years, it was pre-COVID, asked Keanu Reeves, as he does, because he just had that bee in his bonnet because he's a religious guy, to ask every single person about, especially anyone who even sniffed was like an atheist or agnostic, about what they believe the afterlife is. And he goes, what do you think happens when we die to Keanu Reeves? And Keanu Reeves had this absolutely sensational response. He sort of paused and contemplated. He's extremely deliberate with what he says. And he goes, all I know is the people who love us will miss us. That's deep shit. I'm like, that motherfucker is so much deeper and thoughtful than people give him credit for. And he can play a Labrador like nobody's business. Well, that's the thing is, you know, there are some very intelligent performers who I think are, they are incapable of playing dumb. There's yes. just some, there's a light, like I, I've often felt like um, uh, Jodie Foster, great actress, cannot play dumb. No, just never. Just can't do never. it. There's, there's something in her eyes. You just can't not, you can't turn it off. She's too, I do not think she's too savvy. She's too savvy. Uh, I don't think Keanu's dumb, but I think he's good at playing dumb. Mm. And something that we don't get a lot in movies anymore, you know, we always get characters who are, you know, they're all, you know, Tony Stark, IQ 157, figuring shit out left and right. <laughs> it's it's kind of revelatory when a movie just lets a character purposefully be dumb. And I don't think audiences quite know how to deal with that at times, but Johnny, I think, is intentionally dumb. When we meet Johnny... When, 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 when he strolls uh, into uh, Robert LAPD, no, excuse me, LAPD, but that when he, when he strolls into the, the LA FBI offices, 
what does his boss say? He's like, you know nothing. In fact, you don't know less than nothing. If you knew that you knew nothing, then you would know something, but you don't. Boy, you're a real blue, sp- blue flame special, aren't you? <laughs> Young, dumb, and full of cum. I know. What I don't know is how you got assigned out here in Los Angeles with us. Guess we just must have ourselves an asshole shortage, huh? And of course, he's just got that, not so far. But he's introduced to us as, God, I love that. You're a real blue flame special. He, he, he's kind of dumb. And how, okay, he, how can he, you he, say he, this movie is bad when it has yeah. sequences like that? That shit is pure joy. I didn't watch it today, and I'm like, I'm fucking putting point break on yeah. so fast when we finish recording. I want to watch that scene right now. But that's the thing. That's what's here's the thing. And here, if you get someone like Charlie Sheen to play this role, he was in the running at a time. You know, he's got that that coke sweat sheen of having been around the block a time or 20, it's not going to work. You need someone who feels like they just strolled out of, out of Ohio and they don't know anything about anything. You know, uh, if you knew that you knew nothing, then you'd know something. See, that's the thing about Johnny, not Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Utah <laughs> is, is that he doesn't know that he doesn't know anything. No. And it's that kind of night, that naivete. I can't talk. God, sorry. <laughs> sorry, everybody listening. It's too much to drink. Um, but, uh, it's a hard word to pronounce even when you're sober. Okay. Um, but he's got that that like childlike emptiness, you know, ready to be filled with the knowledge of the world that would allow him to fall under the sway of a Bodhi. And that is the magic of this movie. Is it a it is about this isn't a heist movie because you and I were batting back and forth uh, with some friends of ours, you know, our our 10 favorite, favorite heist movies. And the reason I didn't include point break on my list is because you know we had that conversation about how there's I said there's a there are heist movies and then there are movies that have heists in, in them. them yeah uh you know either the the, the wild bunch may opens with an amazing heist you know if they you know if they move kill them and it's got you know that train heist is one of the greatest heists in, in heist history but it's not a heist movie it's a men on a mission movie it's into the west revisionist, revisionist western movie um and point point break is not a heist movie no. more than anything else it's a just fuck already movie <laughs> and that's the magic of this movie it's about two people who it's it's the master it's it's pta is the master it's yeah. two people that when they meet they recognize that the other person has the thing that they are missing and johnny utah this you know wide-eyed oaky kid from uh, ohio recognizes that bodhi has been around bodhi has seen the world bodhi has knowledge and experience that can only be earned and conversely i think bodhi recognizes in utah not an emptiness but a kind of undiluted and untainted almost childlike purity Mm. that i think that bodhi in his you know he bodhi believes his intentions on some he justifies his intentions with a, a nobility that isn't really there, but he tells himself is there. And it's the kind of nobility that that only a, you know, blank and square jawed hero like Johnny Utah can possess. And you need an actor that can almost possess that, that empty heroism, not empty, but just that unthinking golden retriever goodness. And they recognize that in each other and they recognize what is missing in, in each other and what they need from the other person and not to get weird on you here but that's what this fucking movie is and you need a Keanu Reeves 
to portray someone that naive. Yes. And a good and a goodness that naive. Um, uh, they built a Charlie whole. They built a whole trilogy start. on it. They yeah, built. About, they built. They built the Matrix on the back of his. I mean, he's exactly that. They. 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 The Matrix. I mean, whatever you want to say about the sequels, um, but the, the 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 original Matrix film is built on whoa, yeah, it's, it's built on that whoa because you need someone a blank surface onto which we can all project ourselves. Yes, yeah, and it's not quite what's going on in Point Break, but that is when we're talking about again, I don't want to use the word narrow, but when we're, when we're talking about the very specific skill set that Keanu has, it, it, it is in the portrayal at times of characters like that. There is a there is an essential kindness and goodness that almost feels like it's borderline naive. And that is kind of the journey of Johnny Knoxville. Or, God damn it, Blake. <laughs> again, I'm sorry to everybody. I'm, again, I'm drinking. I don't know why I keep saying Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> that, is, that is the art of Johnny Utah is a character who goes from being, you know, this naive Pollyanna to this very world weary, dirty harrying his badge into the sea, the Australian sea, you lucky Aussies again. Uh, and saying, yeah, he's not coming. Back. He's not coming back. And why a gone Dios. <laughs> and but see again, what a ridiculous film. This movie does not work without a performer that is as at times ridiculous as Keanu Reeves, just like Bodhi does not work unless you get someone willing to be ridiculous see to, to seriously commit to the bit of being ridiculous the way Swayze does. Cause I mean, I mean, come on, Bodhi's a fucking ridiculous character. It's great. Uh, we share but time, all, man. All the, but what's great is all the characters around them. And this is the alchemy of why Catherine Bigelow's film is actually genuinely a genius work is when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got Busey, who is all the way cynical. Like he could never believe the shit that Bodhi says. To him, he would diminish it completely. You've man, then got oh Tom. Man, the, sex, the sex got clean. Sex got clean, and the air got dirty. Boy, <laughs> LA sure has changed. <laughs> and uh, I just want to—I just want to want to see you driving around like Cliff Booster, LA, just listening to Gary Busey's lines from this movie, just periodically on the radio. Oh, but but I got but to say about that. <laughs> but um. Also, Tyler is she's got her own level of world weariness and she has her head on her shoulders. So she like looks at Bodie and she's been on that journey with him for a time and laser focuses in on the hypocrisy and just knows just the level. Uh, it's like almost like a fighter. She's like measured her distance with her jab, knows exactly how far away she needs to stay away from Bodie, but also is in in their unit, in their, in their sort of community. But she also knows that there's a tipping point that if you like drink his Kool-Aid, you're gone. 
and yep. and and I think that that's also the alchemy of great movies is how the characters offset and balance the the overall sort of orbit of what's happening. And these two figures need to be at the center. You need Johnny Utah, you need Bodhi at the center, and you need these other influential figures that are that are that are balancing, that are pulling, that have got some gravity in the in the stakes of the story. Um, and for me, that's that's what's so magic about it. And it's it's just the it's electric. Like the relationships in this movie yes. are electric. You can't take yes. your eyes off of it. Then let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. I, I'll, I'll straight admit it. I mean, I've, I've had enough to drink. I'll admit it. At the end, not there's because there's there's two endings to this yeah, movie. Is it? There's two as endings. Any decent fucking human being knows it's watched this film. There's two endings. There's the uh, skydiving chase sequence. And then there's the, awesome. the kind of the Bell's Beach. He's not coming back. Epilogue. Now, I will I will straight up say this, and I, I'm not saying this to be cute. I'm I'm being for real. I'm being for real with you, Blake. Um, <laughs> when Johnny and Bodie part ways after they jump out of the fucking plane with only one parachute, boy, you are one radical son of a bitch. Um, when Rosie picks up uh Bodie in the beat in the in the Jeep and they're driving off and Bodie stands up in the Jeep and says yo Johnny I'll see you in the next life I fucking cry I'm not gonna <laughs> says, yo Johnny I'll see you in the next life I fucking cry I don't know why it's the same it's thing with the map you know what it is it's oh great. my god I'm making connections I'm making connections right here but you know what it is it's the fucking end of the master what does fucking uh, Freddie Quell say to Master in their final scene in the Master when uh, 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 Master's crying and seeing Slow Boat to China and he says, "You or you can just come and be with me." What does Freddie Quell whisper to him? He says, "Maybe in the next life." Oh, this is what I'm talking about. Um, there, it, 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 <laughs> there is a heartbreaking electricity to these two characters who so badly want to be with each other but cannot, and it's basically Brokeback Mountain with surfboards in that way. Yes. And and again, I, I I'm, I'm I'm just so excited about that connection I just made. Like, <laughs> um, God bless you, uh, Jack Daniels. But um, the other thing, Malcolm Knox, that I want to say is, how dare you besmirch the capital T the L A movie? Because that there's a lot of contenders. There's a lot of contenders, but you know Some what I'm going to say right now. There's like right four. Now. There's top. There's a Mount Rushmore, and we you can name what? them. There's a Mount Rushmore and we can well, name them. Well, I there's a there's the Mount a nearly, Ru Mount Rushmore for this little guy. Episode, that, there's nearly 200 episode podcast dedicated yeah. to one of them. There's mm -hmm. once, once upon a once upon a time in Hollywood, Heat, mm -hmm. Point Break, Chinatown. Um, yeah, yeah. LA yeah. Confidential's very close on that Friday list. Yeah, Friday. Oh, Friday. Fucking Friday. Um, but. Let me say this. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. Let me say this. Point Break is my LA movie, even more than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Point Break is my LA movie. Point Break. Point Break. You know, I'm like everybody else. You know, I'm a hick from somewhere other than LA, and I came out here. And Point Break is the LA that I wanted to see when I came to LA. And there are moments. There are moments when the sun will part. Um, and those golden those golden bars will fall from the from the sky and hit you just right and it feels like you're in point break but that's the la you know 
you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's the ridiculousness. It's the sun bleached hair. It's the sand in your shoes. It's the smell of Jasmine. It's the sex got clean and the air got dirty. <laughs> it's um, it's the, 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 the bland concrete banality of downtown. It's the fucking look. I know they're a joke. I, I don't love them. It's the fucking chili peppers. Yes. Uh, you yes. know what? It's, it, it, that's why this is fucking key. This is in this movie. That would be a waste, waste of, of time. time. Uh, there's a so reason why Tom Sizemore is in this movie. Travis, you like this fair man. Um, <laughs> but there's a reason why he just needs to be in this movie. Because I mean, let me think. You live in Los Angeles. I don't care how cool you are. We, let's 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 drop the facade. Let's not be ironic. When you go to the beach and you're driving home and you're sun drunk and you've been out there all day, the sky has turned purplish pink as the sun is setting behind the horizon, and you're driving home. You got your hand on someone's leg. If you don't have the red hot chili peppers as soul to squeeze playing in your car, <laughs> you're doing it fucking wrong. And, and that's why the, the fact that this movie even knows that they had to throw a fucking chili pepper in there. This is the quintessential to me LA movie. And Malcolm Knox, who's saying that this film hasn't aged well, well, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to, but you know what? This movie has <laughs> aged well. It's Malcolm aged Knox. like and it is. Like a fucking Shiraz baby. And it from- gets better. And it gets better because, you know, at the time, people didn't really appreciate this film. Um, and I think it has only gotten better as we've gotten older and we recognize, oh, wow, this is, this is a, not only is this a lot of fun, when you go back and you watch this film, some of these action sequences, the, 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 the skydive chase. The skydive chase is... Or- it's because uh, so many movies are fucking terrible these days, Travis. Like, I mean, the quotient of what an action movie is and how unfathomably reliant action films are on digital effects and all that sort of nonsense trickery, it is a it is a pleasurable day to roll in and throw Point Break Blu-ray on and see these sky skydiving chase sequences and just sometimes, like it's sometimes they put on that Blu-ray just to see the menu screen. It's, so oh, fucking, it's so just insane. It's it's uh, it's so aged beautifully. And and that foot chase, which is the cinema's oh. maybe best neighborhood foot chase this side of raising Arizona. Fucking <laughs> he throws a pit bull at Johnny Utah, you guys. Um, but to, to bring it back around, um this really is the LA movie to me. And I think that part of the LA-ness of this film is Keanu Reeves. I know he's not from LA, but he is someone he he is he is a he is a he is an institution here. He is LA. Um and the, the, I can't I just without him this does not work. Oh. Without him, this film, which is one of the great action films of the 90s, which puts it in the running for being one of the great action films, it does not work. And again. It is his commitment to the bit. It is his commitment to the ludicrousness of Johnny Utah and his commitment to the ludicrousness of this script, none of which should work, but do because of his commitment, Swayze's commitment. I would like to bring up as a corollary, if I may, which was a tough word to pronounce just now. I can't even say your name right. Um, So uh, again, I'm sorry, everybody. It's called Rum and Rant. So I'm, Anyway. He, he's embracing listen you're embracing the th- spirit of this show and i just oh, wish sure. i was there i wish i was there drinking a I fucking jack daniels I with you well, you know hey 
Uh, if we, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there, buddy. We're gonna get there. Baby. Um, We're gonna there's get another. There. There's another 1991 uh, film, another 30 year old mm-hmm. flick, by the name of uh, Ricochet, uh, written by Stephen E. D'Souza, who's written all of your favorite action films of the 80s. Ricochet with old Denzel Washington and uh, John Lithgow Ice. Ah. So anyway, so let me just say this about that. Ricochet is a lot of fun. It's a lot like Point Break in that if you look at the plot on paper, this is pretty stupid. And um, what makes Ricochet work is you've got John Lithgow as villain Earl Talbot Blake. And you've got Denzel Washington as He's assistant a district attorney Nick Styles, who at one point like strips down to his underwear to distract the bad. <laughs> it's guys. in the trailer. It's, it's, it's in the trailer. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, weirdest thing, and I've, I've always wondered if the the same thing happening in Lethal Weapon Four is a tribute to that. But whatever, that's a whole other thing. So anyway, uh, ridiculous fucking film. But you want to know why? Do you want to know why we don't talk about Ricochet the same way we talk about Point Break, even though Hit it's me. a great action film? It's a great LA movie, and it was originally going to be a dirty, Heck, a dirty Harry movie. Um, it's a it's a great film. It, it, the characters are all larger than life and fucking ridiculous, and it's it literally should be a double feature with Point Break simply because of how bizarre and strange and wild it is. Now, the reason why we don't talk about it as much, you want to know why, is because it is I think harder for people to accept the ludicrousness of that movie you want to know why it's not because of john lithgow who's pretty good at playing hammy villains from uh oh, cliffhanger is one of my favorite uh, hammy uh, villains all cliffhanger time. to uh raising cane to raising cane. wild foghorn leghorn evil southerner in uh de palma's obsession the reason why the reason why it's it's denzel he's he plays this character he's with, smiling with, through it with, with such passion and charisma and intensity, like we always get from one of our absolute greatest actors, but he's a little too sly. He's a little too, he's smiling a little bit. Like he gets that it's silly. He gets that it's silly. He's giving it, he's still giving it his all, but he gets that it's silly. And because he gets that it's silly, he makes it okay for us to go, oh, this is a little silly, isn't it? You're not gonna cry. If anyone tells <laughs> assistant district attorney Nick Styles at the end of Ricochet, yo, Nick Styles, I'll see, you know, if Ice T, <laughs> if Ice T, who plays a gang member that kind of kind of helps uh, Nick Styles out, if at the end of the movie Ice T's Odessa says to he says, yo, Nick Styles, I'll see you in the next life. No one's crying. I'm not crying. You're not crying because you're smirking. It's cute because because. You for a film like that, you need someone who's going to embrace the bit, who has a willingness and almost kind of a blankness that you can project the the bit upon to truly work. And now again, this is no slur to Denzel, one of our finest actors. Ricochet is a really fun film, but I think one of the reasons we don't a thousand percent buy it is because Denzel's smiling and he's letting you know it's okay for you to smile at it, and it's all a little silly. Whereas Keanu is John Utah, he's deadly fucking serious. And you need someone who has the capability of being, who has this the specific type of range to make a character named Johnny Utah, <laughs> who at one point introduces himself by going, Hey, 
I'm Johnny Utah. <laughs> you need someone who's going to play that with the utmost sincerity. Not a smirk, not stripping down to his boxers and doing a chicken dance to distract him. Just being real. Playing it like it's a real fucking guy who actually behaves like this. And that is something that only someone like Keanu Reeves can do. And so, Malcolm Knox... <laughs> The only thing worse than Point Break, Keanu Reeves is acting in it. There is nothing wrong with Point Break. Absolutely nothing. That film is Los Angeles. That film is a great crime film. That film was doing a whole fuck of a lot of what Heat did a couple of years later. No, again, no story on Heat, Blake. Don't get upset. No, I'm, um, not a, I'm not upset. I, I game recognize game. But uh, there are very few movies that I would put on a double feature with Heat. Well, for one thing, because it would be a, a real button. Fucking armor. long. But um, uh, Point Break is a movie Definitely. that I would, in a heartbeat, double feature with Heat. And hey, you got you got Keanu doing that thing where he busts his knee and he's got to let uh, Bodie go and he shoots up it in the sky. And again. And it gets recreated. Like, it gets recreated like in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Someone like Edgar Wright will play that for a laugh because, and again, not a slur in Edgar Wright, who's a fine filmmaker, but he sees no way to portray that other than as a punchline. But in fucking Point Break, that isn't a punchline. That is real pain. There's probably, you could write a whole essay on the weird uh, sexual <laughs> nature of him having to fire his gun off alone into the sky because the man he wants is running away. Do with that what you will. But God damn, there is just who else be but but Keanu would not only be willing to take that character seriously, but could take him seriously and do him that justice. There's only one person I think that could play a character named Johnny Utah. Do it with a straight face, do it and make it fun, do it and make it funny, but not funny like ha ha, just like hey I'm Johnny Utah. You laugh with him. Only Keanu could do that. There's only, only one man. He's that. he's Malcolm the Knox one. Couldn't do it. He's the one. He's, he is the one. He is the one. Uh, you know, uh, you know what Malcolm <laughs> Knox. You know who Malcolm Knox is. He's all the other captains of all the other ships in the the fucking Matrix sequels that fucking Neo's <laughs> flying over their heads, and they're still like, well, I don't know. Could is, is he really all? And he's like literally just like flying and doing loop to loops in the sky with rage against the machine blaring out of the the, the sky around them. <laughs> And he he's just doing a Superman thing, and they're like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, this this this." So yeah, you know what? Malcolm Knox, snake oil salesman. I say, snake oil salesman. I'm not buying it. Blake's not buying it. And this this whole thing, this whole thing of people trying to get a couple of clicks or a couple of likes every couple of years, but going, you know, you know, like Keanu Reeves. You see, you know what? The hackiest uh, fucking the, shit ever. It's the, the hackiest wonderful, shit ever. The, and you know, I'm being so fucking remiss that God, this, this supposedly 15 minute episode, which is now I'm sure much less. <laughs> um, we've gone this whole time. I just tricked with, you in with without, 15 minutes without mentioning the, the wonderful, wonderful, um, Angelica Jade Bastien, uh, oh. absolutely wonderful, uh, film and culture writer and critic who wrote an excellent essay for Brightwall dark room Full disclosure, an essay that I am an editor and writer for. She wrote an excellent, excellent, excellent essay, uh, doing a much better job uh, than what you and I have done here tonight. Basically, saying all of these same things. You know, the magic of his of his style and his performances, 
and what the the uniqueness of what he brings to the screen and how it's easy if you want to get a couple of likes on Twitter uh, and and tee off um, a silly take like oh boy that, that Keanu sure is kind of a bad actor uh, he really is so he really stupid. is a he is a gift and He's and what Angelica modern and, cinema and what Angelica does in that piece is delivery actor an actor's delivery so many people are so dismissive and i guess limited in their understanding of how important physical presence is to a performance and what angelica's essay does so brilliantly is talk about just how much his physicality is his performance and these two guys that's what swayze could do and and that's you know We've talked a lot about Keanu's ability to not wink at the camera. Roadhouse. There is Mm. not a single actor in history that could have done Roadhouse except for Patrick Swayze. Oh, God. Damn it. You're, you know, you're a thousand. Boy, you know, I was trying to keep this a tight 15. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is a tight 15 for you and I. This is a really tight 15 for you and I. No, 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 no. I've had this conversation many times and, um, uh, I actually have, unfortunately, I've, I've really subjected a lot of poor people to know me in person in this conversation, <laughs> which is, is it, it, the beauty of both um, Swayze too, you know, is that the reason Roadhouse works, the reason Roadhouse works, everybody in that fucking movie, from director Rowdy Harrington to, uh, to, 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 the, to the lowliest extra, um, not that extras are lowly, I'm not talking shit, uh, to, to Ben Gazzara, to everybody, to Sam Elliott, bless his heart, is treating that movie as kind of a goof. Like everyone involved in Roadhouse is treating Roadhouse as kind of a goof. The one person who's playing that shit with deadly earnestness, Patrick Swayze, I, I keep thinking of when he's standing in the double deuce for the first, or not, uh, the double deuce, the first time we see him and he's listening to music, and instead of nodding his head to music, he juts his chin up instead. Like, I don't know what <laughs> weird fucking choice that is, but that, <laughs> that is a choice of someone who has thought about how does this guy bob his head to music? He doesn't bob his head down like every human being does. He throws his chin up in the air over and over again like some sort of fucking <laughs> Um Pain don't hurt? Oh, come on. Pain don't um, hurt. Uh, again, these are act, but it, it, it makes it sound like we're, we're goofing on them, that they're dumb, that they don't get that these movies are dumb. And that's not the case. Um, it's that while these movies yeah sure i mean every movie is silly i mean the whole idea of making movies these stories that we tell ourselves distract ourselves for two hours this is all silly but uh, you know these movies are a little silly roadhouse is a silly film and point break as much as i love it i mean it, there's there's it's a, it's silly but it's not that these actors are silly no. for taking it serious they just they understand that it is their duty to not wink at the material to not mock the material but to embrace the material and i think that's something that uh, actors like cage it's the reason they get kind of um, a bad rap is because they are willing to embrace the material no matter how high or low yeah and in this case you know i don't think the point break is low i mean maybe maybe roadhouse a little bit but um fun though but they embrace it with the same seriousness with which Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix are embracing their characters. In <laughs> now that something now that's a fucking double feature, like, like the master. Oh, I mean, um, point the master break and, and master. point break. Oh, come on, yeah. New Bev, when it reopens, um, that's a well, that's that's an insta sellout. Do you know anyone <laughs> and, who? Do you know? Do you know anyone who works for the New Bev? I I know I know a handful of folks there. Uh, but hey, I mean, they both even they literally both end with that seat maybe in the next life. Oh God. Um, 
And so again, you I, 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 mean, I kind of know this guy occasionally writes for the new Bev that might, right. that might just be a great excuse for that person to write up a great uh, Saturday night, well. like late night double feature. I don't know. I mean, call me, call uh, me crazy. But, um, but yeah, I just, there is a willing, a key, the greatest gift that Keanu gives us is his, his willingness to embrace the material. Mm. He, whether it's Bill and Ted, whether it's Ortiz, the dog face boy, whether it's a wonderful heartfelt Gus Van Zandt movie, whether it's John fucking wick, whether it's, you know, some, you know, something that feels a little trifling, like destination wedding. Um, he always embraces the material. You know, we, 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 I made that joke at the beginning, you know, always understands the assignment. Keanu always, always. understands the assignment. Maybe the assignment is not for him. You know, I will, you know, admit something like Dracula, you know, which has actually aged better too, because you know sure, what? No, no, so Dracula. many of the, so many of the moving parts in that movie aren't, necessarily well cast either i think coppola was casting for or whoever was casting that movie was casting for energy uh, well coppola makes it clear in the commentary track and in various interviews the stu- the studio kind of insisted uh, that, that there be a heartthrob of keanu understood. levels and so his hand was somewhat forced there uh, but even then i i mean i i think that um, in a weird way um we're going on in a real cul-de-sac here, but in a weird way, uh, Dracula is Coppola's most De Palma-esque film in a way, and that it is felt that it is that really truly embraces the the artifice that kind of throbs beneath some of Coppola's artier films. And you know, Keanu as as a you know 19th century Victorian really really high, amps up that feeling of artifice in a way that I'm okay with. Um, even though it's hard to hear him saying things like, I have to go to Carfax. You know, the, the, while we're in this cul-de-sac, mm. another movie made in 1992, made by someone very, I'm very dear to my heart, Mr. Michael mm. Mann, mm-hmm. called Last of the Mohicans, mm-hmm. stopped Daniel Day-Lewis from starring as Dracula in mm. Dracula. Oh, boy. That probably would have been too sexy. I mean, my face is melting already even thinking about it. That movie would have been blindingly hot. Ridiculous. Can you imagine in Keanu uh, top lining uh, Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> well, later Keanu, I can with a few more yeah. years. With a few more years on him, absolutely, um, because he's got. I, I think they would have underwritten it because the more that he could have, sp- sorry, the less he would have spoken. I could totally buy a Jack Traven speed age Keanu slash older as a Hawkeye. I've got to go to. Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, uh, yeah. But, so again, um, this, this, the, yeah, we went, we went some places tonight, Blake, but yeah, again, <laughs> um, I just, it's, it's his embrace. He's, he is never above embracing the character. He no. does not smirk again. That wasn't meant to be an insult because Denzel is wonderful and ricochet, but I think that through the reason that ricochet is seen as kind of like a silly, artifact of the 90s is because we laugh at it a little bit those of us who have seen it we can kind of chuckle at it a little bit we can mm. smirk at it a little bit it's a little it's a little over the top um and so so is so is point break but i think the reason why we you can dial into its wavelength a little bit more is that keanu he carries you he is that slate that kind of like slate that you project on he carries you into that vibe yeah. and lets you kind of hold your hand and gets you into it 
Whereas Denzel, he's kind of making you laugh as he's walking you around going, this is some bullshit, isn't it? I mean, he, this, he, this is some wild shit. He's such a charming fuck, though, Denzel. I mean, the, well, the, sure, char- but... the charm level on the guy, it's just and out of Keanu's control. And Keanu's charming, too, but in a, he's charming like a golden retriever, like a yeah. big <laughs> a big affable family dog that smiles at when you, <laughs> when you come in the door. So you smile at him, but you're not, like, thinking too much about it. And I, Anyway, so bring it all around malcolm knox shame on you shame on you agree shame on you um i'm really trying to keep it pg-13 and not say all the things that these past few tumblers of 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 whiskey are pushing me to say but just shame on you and you owe Catherine bigelow an apology you owe patrick swayze an apology you owe Lori petty an apology and most especially you owe uh mr keanu reeves a big, big apology. Oh, him a gigantic apology. And, you know, we can't all speak for Malcolm Knox, nor would we want to. No. Um, but what we can do, for those of you who are listening to this, is I want you to get your guy or get your girl or get your whoever. I want you to get in a Jeep, a Jeep, no top. And I want you to drive on down to Point Magoo here in wonderful Southern California. I want you to sit in the beach. I want you to get some sand. I want you to feel that foamy surf between your toes. I want you to go for a swim. I want you to get a little sunburn. I want you to get back in that Jeep. I want you to drive down the 101. I want you to burn right down it. I want you to go home. I don't want you to get something on fucking iTunes or Amazon or Voodoo. I want you to buy the Blu-ray with the beautiful menu i want you to pop in point break i want you to get some rum uh maybe get a pizza order something from patrick's roadhouse mentioned in the film and i want to get, get some ta- you know what get some ta- get some tacos get some tacos and i want you to kick two back. give me two get two two hey, Utah. or or hey get a meatball sub if you want <laughs> but not two that's real heavy like i don't know how angela real does. heavy real heavy um, especially it's like, it's like 10 in the morning. Um, <laughs> and I want you to kick back and I want you to spend two and a half hours with Mr. Johnny, agent Johnny fucking Utah, a character who could only have been played by one man and one man alone. And his name is Keanu Reeves. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. I want you to do that to negate this horrible hacked hack shit take and embrace the glory, the gorgeousity, and the greatness that is Keanu Reeves as Johnny fucking Utah. Do that for me. Do that for your pal Keanu. He's done so much for you over the years. The least you can do is do that for him. Go do that. Do that for Johnny. Peace 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.